plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. And I'm Cynthia Bryan sitting here in California. It's 100 degrees. I'm in my home office and I am wearing my bikini because I do not have air conditioning in my house. And it's it's um, not usually this hot. Anyway, I'm glad that we're not on Zoom or video because um, that would be kind of strange. But I, I feel very comfortable um, <laughs> sitting here talking to you, and it actually makes it a little more fun. So our show is brought to you under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and we've got a really great lineup for you today. As we continue with our Wednesdays with writers, it's part of our Be The Star You Are Disaster Relief Outreach Program. We collaborated with the Authors Guild. We're trying to showcase new uh, books launched by authors from around the country in different genres. So always make sure to be stay tuned here, 4 p.m. Pacific on Star Style. And then on Sundays at 3 p.m., express yourself. We're doing super smart Sundays uh, on the Voice America Network. So we hope to bring you this big festival of artistic works so that you can be inspired during this time of lockdown. So coming up in segment two, we have Kim Stanward Terranova, who is going to be talking about her new book, The Technology of Intention, How to Activate the Power of the Universe Within You. So she believes that intentions are the pathway to consciously creating our lives, and we all want to create these great lives. And in the segment three, Linda Rosen comes to us with her novel, The Disharmony of Silence, which is a really um, fun, fun book, a fun read about... um, families that don't know that they're families and how they keep secrets and how they untangle them. And it it kind of resonated with um, some of the things that I've gone through in the last couple of years. And I think that you're going to find it rather interesting. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. We hope that you'll consider going to Be The Star You Are charity to make a donation because uh, unlike most small businesses, Be The Star You Are is not given any government funds during this coronavirus. Uh, So we do need support to keep going. This is by Malcolm Ford. Too many people overvalue what they are not and undervalue what they are. And if you wanted to make a donation, all you have to do is go to be the star you are dot 
org. That's be the star you are dot org. Well, after being cocooned for weeks, uh, wearing gloves, I mean, here we're in week 11 now, masks, personal distancing, and feeling the fear of possible infection of this COVID-19. What are we as a nation or a world going to do to prepare for the next pandemic? I was reading a really fantastic article in the Wall Street Journal that um, the former CEO of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Susan Desmond Hillman, wrote. And I thought that what she had to say about what to expect was very telling and needed to be repeated. Because after this, you know, then what? I mean, we've we've run out of the words. Everyone's going around saying this is unprecedented. It's enormous. It's heartbreaking. I mean, just today we hit the 100,000 mark of people who have died in the United States, and we're at 5.5 million cases worldwide. So it really is a, a, a big thing. So we find ourselves reading so much depressing news, and yet we're hoping that the curve of infection and the deaths start to flatten. But the pandemic or most likely this phase of it, it, it will end, but it's too early to ask what happens next. No, it's not. We really have to think about what's next, what needs to happen the next time around so that we don't find ourselves in the same position that we are in this current time. And that is a really important thing. As um, it was, First of all, it's global, global governance and readiness is really critical. In 2015, Bill Gates was um, very before his time in pointing out that countries around the world carried out tabletop exercises planning for nuclear war, but they did not practice to get ready for any pandemic, especially the most threatening of pandemics, those like COVID-19, that spreads through respiratory routes. And the World Health Organization would be the natural corner or, or, you know, the convener of these kinds of preparation exercises. But so many countries, especially the wealthy ones like the United States, are skeptical of WHO and the need for cooperation to ensure that the world stays healthy. Now, the perception, and at times the reality, is that WHO is slow, and it's very bureaucratic. The organizations need to answer to 194 countries and territories, so that makes it slow. It limits its ability to move nimbly, and expectations for its rapid action are hard to square with the fact that the organization is chronically underfunded. Now, as a result... The world lacks a shared understanding or even a shared vocabulary for pandemic prepar- you know, preparation and cooperation. If we just look at the communication of events associated with COVID-19 that happened this past year, in December, it was said it was a pneumonia of an unknown cause. Um, In January, it was considered a public health emergency of international concern. But it wasn't until March 11th that it was declared a pandemic, and that's when the world stopped. So despite all these announcements, much of the world acted like COVID-19 
wouldn't have an impact on the citizens. And evidence to the contrary mounted despite weeks of warning. And it was clear that the U.S. faced this peril with no readily accessible diagnostic tests, no proven therapies, no vaccine, and a big uh, shortage of medical supplies that would be needed by patients like ventilators or uh, personal protective gear that would be needed by care providers. So one thing that future leaders, they're going to be challenged to do much better. It's essential to develop an early warning system that closely tracks global disease trends and distributes accurate, real-time information. And every country must be able to assess and contribute global health data in a non-political way. I mean, and non-political has to really be... Um, punched up because we just can't have politics intervening with the health of the world. And that's the only way that we can maximize the chance of keeping citizens in every country healthy. And on the supply front, we need a detailed plan that's going to allow for raw materials and rapid response capabilities when essential medical supplies and equipment are needed. And this means restating the U.S. pandemic um, response team within the National Security Council and fully funding the global disease outbreak prevention efforts of the CDC. So the U.S. can draw on two broad lessons from the tragic unavailability of equipment that healthcare workers really needed to safely treat the coronavirus patients. There really is no substitute for federal preparedness when it comes to ensuring a ready supply of personal protective gear. I mean, some companies like Apple and Facebook, they stepped up with millions of face masks and things like that that they had left over from the California fires. But, you know, that's not enough. It's really the government's job. It should be the role of the federal government to adequately stockpile and plan for a pandemic. And then there has to be clear accountability on the National Security Council and match the authority that already exists for the military and for the procurement and the supply chain of goods so that the allocation to states and regions in greatest need gets there first. Um, it would avoid what we see today with states. They're competing against each other to get what is essential. And then public health would be the next step that is needed to avoid the next crisis. And what that is, it's a common complaint that health systems and insurance uh, insurers actually are too focused on urgent and acute health problems, treating disease rather than investing in prevention. Like, you know, we treat lung cancer, but we underfund tobacco control. We treat opioid addiction, but we don't do enough work on pain management. We treat babies in intensive care rather than giving the mothers adequate prenatal care. So there's a tendency to address what's right in front of us rather than preventing what might happen in the future. And that's something that we really need to get clear on. So public health must provide expertise in an aspect so far lacking in this pandemic. And that will allow us um, to get to the key question, not whether individuals currently have COVID-19, but whether they were ever infected and are now immune. So that's a critical thing. 
And then um, finally is innovation. Our ability to tap into scientific innovation may turn out to be one of the success stories in our fight against the pandemic. Since um, it's really really been crazy. The pursuit of therapies are going to be further advanced by funding from newly launched COVID-19 Therapeutics Accelerator. And I think the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Chan Zuckerberg, um, Zuckerberg Initiative, and the Welcome Trust and MasterCard, they have actually sped up this, um, these, these works at the moment. But there's also the FDA's Coronavirus Treatment Acceleration Program is designed to fully staff and support an accelerated regulatory path for novel therapeutics. And there's many new approaches to product development that are underway, and hopefully they are going to work out. But this is the way forward to focus not only on the pathogens we know, but on preparing ourselves for the pathogens that we don't expect So today's epidemic is a powerful reminder that infectious agents do not respect borders. They don't care about economies. They they don't care about global cooperation. And so global cooperation is essential. Classic public health tools are a must and we cannot control what we can't understand. So we need to maintain a collaborative and generous spirit that has emerged in response to COVID-19. And it may feel like a once-in-a-lifetime experience, but that, alas, is unlikely to be the case. So let's prepare, let's be cooperative, and let's do what we're told. Stay home, stay safe, stay masked. When we come back from break, we will be talking with Kim Stanwood-Terranova, with the technology of intention. And my intention for our next segment is that you will soak it all in so that you can create your best life. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. So get ready to be encouraged and empowered in our next segment. Be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, the party begins right now because we have a pioneer on the planet. I have with me Kim Stanwood. Terra Nova. She is the author of The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. And she is um, a practitioner of truth from the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles. And she has a degree in spiritual studies. I'm very excited to talk to her. Hello, Kim. Welcome to Star Style. Thank you. You are. (laughs) Thank you for having me here. I'm honored and thrilled. Oh, well, I am too. And I am, it's very warm here in Northern California today. Is it warm in Southern California? It is very, very warm. I just turned the air conditioning off so I could be totally present with you right now, but it's warm. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you heard me at the top of the hour, but I, uh, obviously I'm at home and I am doing this show in my, my home studio uh, and I don't have air conditioning, so I'm sitting here in my bikini. <laughs> so it's good. Okay, I, I, I love, love that. that. I love it. it. This I'm is my change. Yes, my intention is to have a fabulous interview and to make it fun as well. So I wanted to be comfortable. So let's get to <laughs> let's get to intention because I, I do believe it's like the law of attraction or any of these laws of the universe. What I've always said throughout my life, what we think about and talk about comes about. So it's so important to have the intention of positivity. Would you first of all describe what intentions are? Uh, In your book, right on page 21, Mm -hmm. in your book is the technology of intention. You tell us that, but I would like you in your words to, to explain to our listeners what intention actually means for you and for them. Yes. Intention is, is one of my most favorite subjects to talk about, so I'm happy to do that. Intentions are our ability to consciously assist us in creating our lives. When we are using intentions, they are lasered statements. They are the through line of what we are absolutely planting the seeds into the universal consciousness of what we desire. So they're different than goals, but the same schematic plan as a goal that we're aiming, we're placing an aim. My intention is to call forth a divine relationship, or my intention is to to bless my body temple with health and wholeness. We're making a bold statement that is literally a seed into the consciousness of spirit that we are saying, this is what I'm accepting and calling forth. So then we have an aim and spirit is responding to it and our actions follow suit with our intention. So we're constantly in creation and co-creation with the universe. And I wanted to piggyback on that because it's very critical that our intentions be in the affirmative and the positive. You have a great example of one of your clients that in the book who was so excited when he came in to say, oh my gosh, I figured out how to do ex- my intention. And my intention is I am not going to smoke. No smoking. <laughs> so there was a no in there. And our brains don't register the negative, do they? So what he had set him yeah. up, himself up for is I will smoke. 
Correct. Correct. It was a, it was a turning moment for him. And I was so thrilled that he was applying intentions. So I gently looked at him and said, okay, I'm so happy you're doing this. And can I please give you input? And he said, yes, I thought I just got it. And I said, well, you have a negative in there and you have what you don't want in there. So the universe responds to that. And he looked at me stumped and I understood. And he said, then what would I say? And I said, how about my intention is to make choices that honor my body? It's in the positive. It's in the, what you desire, the quality experience you wish to desire. And it's not, you know, you're not stating how. You're, you're aiming and saying, this is what I'm calling forth. And he lit up. And took off with that intention and has not had a cigarette. Which and hasn't right. had a cigarette. Yeah, see, that's, and that's the difference is you eliminate the negative, you embrace yes. the positive and something mm -hmm. that is going to enhance your life. Why do you call your book the technology of mm -hmm. intention? Because we're well, surrounded by technology. Everything yes. is technology. But intention is a different kind of wiring for yourself. Absolutely. We each have an inner technology that we came in with. I'm very aware that it's within our DNA that we came in with a technology that is our spiritual strength within, and we can activate it at any point by choice, by practice, by the movements and choices through our lives. The technology of intention is an inner technology within us that's just is powerful, I believe, more powerful than the technology that's moving us through this world right now. We will continue to be an out-of-balance society if we aren't raising up in our inner technology, that inner strength, the, the mechanics that assist us to co-create must be coming, rising up so that we're balanced, so that we look, as we look towards our screens for information, we first take a breath and look within and think, okay, what is my intention? And as we know that, we listen, we can be amplified by the screens that can give us information with speed, but I don't want us to forget what we have within us. You know, if the, if the beauty, it really comes from the inside out. I mean, like I've always mm -hmm. said that happiness is an inside job. Is yes. You know, we don't get it from the outside. You're not going to make things happen from other people, other experiences. Everything happens from within us. So when we... Yes. When we decide to embrace the technology of intention and really focus on that, as you said, in a laser way, things change. I'd love mm -hmm. you to share some of your story because you're a mm -hmm. practitioner of truth from the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles, which is a beautiful mm -hmm. place with, uh, yes. I, I, I really, I love that place. And mm -hmm. you also, um, you, you also are a, a, a minister. I mean, you do weddings and that kind of thing in a coach. Mm -hmm. You have so many things that you do. So, but that doesn't mean just because you have your technology of intention clear that everything's going to be perfect in your life. And I want <laughs> listeners to know that because we all go through rough spots, no matter who we are or how we are called. So do you mind, Kim, sharing a bit of your story? And listeners, if you're just joining me, we're speaking with Kim Stanwood, Terra Nova. She is the author of The Technology of Intention and a Spiritual Leader. Mm. So please share Thank a little you. bit of your backstory, Kim. Of course, of course. And there's, there's a few stories that I share in the book for the purpose of, of bringing us back to remembering that these tools 
have been cultivated over a really bumpy ride. It, it wasn't like I came in with them. You know, I was very blessed to, to seek out wonderful spiritual teachers, and one of them, my teacher being Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, who assisted me to keep growing. And so even though I was going through very hard times of children being rushed to the hospital and accidents occurring that could not seem to, to know how I would move through them, I and had all, a bag of all every week. I mean, not as long, like within days of each other, this was yes. continual. There was a chunk of life that, that in a five-week span, every weekend, what, there was an accident with my, someone was rushed to the hospital, just sheer accident, and uh, one of our horses, a treasured um, family member of ours, was caught in a ravine upside down, did not look like she was going to make it out. And in the midst of it, I kept practicing. So I could be racing in the middle of the night to an emergency room, not sure where I was going, and crying all the way, but my intention was clear. My intention was to send my daughter light and love and strength to know that the nurses, the doctors, the staff were there to support her, that she had all that she needed, and know that I would get there. Because if I fell into fear, see, our intention also keeps us conscious. So I wanted to consciously do whatever I could to move out of the fear and stay in the moment, you know, moving forward to assist her. But I had to use my... I had to stay in prayer and breath and intention. Just recently, Cynthia, as we mentioned briefly, I, in the last year and a half, my home and business and retreat center, I have a large retreat center in the Malibu Mountains, was taken in one night by the Malibu fires. So in one, one night, we leave in the middle of the night, and it was gone by the night. Within 12 hours, everything. That and thank goodness and your, I, daughter, your daughter and her boyfriend yes. had come Otherwise, you mightn't have gotten them the alerts to get out. Correct. I, n- I never had the alerts on my phone. If she had not come home that night, which was just a chance, she was the one that woke me up at 2 in the morning. We went to bed at midnight and, and knew the fire was so far away at that time that we could have yeah, so like 25 miles or something, right? Yes. It was, that's pretty far. Yes. And it, by 2.30 in the morning, they were evacuating right down the hill from us. So her phone alerted her that she woke me up and we were leaving in the, in the wee hours. And by the next um, morning, the fire had just roared through all of these mountains and everything up here, hundreds and hundreds of structures and houses, of course, were taken. So in that time, it could be understandable where, how was I going to move through this? It could have been the question. And I knew that if I didn't use every tool in my tool bag, I would stay stuck in, you know, a victim of the fire, which I was not willing to, to be. I was definitely going to be a survivor of it, but through the tears, through the sadness, trying to figure out where's our clothes. We have no clothes. We have no place to live. Everything we've ever owned is gone and just everything. Now you were writing, you were in the process of writing this book at that time. Yes. And because yes. you grabbed your computer at the last moment and you grabbed a couple of books at the last moment yes. that, and your journals yes. and your journals. Well, that was a gift. That was and that was like, it, that was kind of miraculous because that was like your sweep. You went through one last time before you, yes. before you evacuated. Yes. Yeah. My daughter was leaving and I, my, I just had this intuitive thought, like I need to go back in. And she said, we have to go. And I said, I, something's telling me to, to go back in just to, just to bless the house. 
and I blessed every room just to thank it. And, uh, you know, I really felt my house would still be standing. I didn't go in thinking I was saying goodbye or I would have tried to grab more. But um, when I came to my office, I'd already grabbed my computers. I knew and we'd created a list the night before, like, you know, the animals, the computers, the important papers. Um, and in, when I was standing there, I heard an inner voice when I was looking at all these hundreds and thousands of books of a whole life of spiritual study, and something said, what, couldn't you, what could you not live without? And I almost turned around like, who just said that? What do you mean, what could I not live without? And I looked up, and my two most treasured books were tattered and right in front of my eyes. And that one of them is um, Reverend Michael's book, but she just was tickled pink when I told him. He's like, I'm I so bet. glad you grabbed yeah. my book. <laughs> and um, another one was by Ernest Holmes, and they're just treasures. But when I grabbed them, the row right above on the bookcase was all my treasured journals that I'd written to my children and my own journals for our life. So I was able to scoop those up, throw them in a bag, and head out the door. So I may not have my children's pictures when they were little or the videos, you know, of them learning how to walk, but I have the journals that I wrote to them and that's a treasured gift to me. So I'm, I'm grateful that I, something said, go back in. And you just said the magic word of grateful gratitude plays a huge part in living a life of intention, I believe. I've, again, yeah. I, I always think the more that we're grateful for, the more we will have to be grateful for. So I always start my day with a meditation of gratitude. But how do you find the gratitude in having lost everything, except for your lives, of course, which is the most important, but you lost your, your, personal, your personal things? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, I... Gratitude is the key foundation of my life as well. And I have so much to be grateful for because myself and my children were alive. We had our animals out. That's all that mattered was that right. we, we were alive and had our animals and we could move forward. We have a spiritual practice that would give me strength to really move forward. And Cynthia, through that gratitude, I have more to be grateful now than I even did before that fire because people came out of every nook and cranny and offered us places to live. We had boxes of clothes arriving within days. People just, everything was handed to us. Like, what can we do to help you through this? Mm. And it expanded that level of gratitude of, wow, I'm not going through this alone, that I will find a path. We will move through it because there's, I'm grateful that I'm present and I do have my parents' house to go to for a day or two. You know, there was just solutions that came and my intentions got me through because in the midst of it, I knew I had to have an intention to move through what was ahead of me. And that's the power of intention that I was not going to be stuck. You know, I've said when I, when I speak at Agape at times, I've said my consciousness was not in the structure of my home. I love my home, but my consciousness was not contained by a structure. None of ours is. We think our consciousness can be contained by circumstance. Things go we lose a job or something happens that that defines our consciousness. Really, our consciousness rises up and is not contained in any structure or any job. It's bigger than all of that. So when we tap into, whew, my consciousness is going to assist me through this. What is my intention? So I have a clear aim. And what came up for me was, I heard I was flexibility. And I giggled. I thought, flexible? I thought I've been flexible my whole life. But it, 
what needed to happen was my intention was in the positive present and the quality was I am intending to stay flexible and fluid as I move through this this new journey that I know nothing about, but I better be flexible. Otherwise, I'm going to be stuck in it. You know, that is so beautiful because at, at, you could have taken the other the other route, you know, and gotten mm-hmm. into the poor me as many mm-hmm. people did. And, and so many people in the last few years, we've been going through so much turmoil. And now we mm-hmm. have COVID-19, which is very, very frightening. How can people who are dealing perhaps with a loved one who's in the hospital and they can't be with that person, or how can people who are stuck in an apartment building and they don't have any animals to play with or mm-hmm. any garden to go out into, how can they hold that power of intention within them? How can, how can they tap into beautiful. it and keep it positive? Yes, beautiful question. When, when wherever we're at in life, you know, if it's the challenges or the, the joys, if we ask ourselves this question, like, what is the quality that is needed for me to move through this? So just asking ourselves an empowering question, what quality must I have to move through this challenge before me? And that's what I'd ask someone. What must come through you? Is it, is it faith? Is it strength? Is it an, uh, patience? And when someone could tap into, okay, I'm going to need I'm going to need patience to move through this because I'm in this little apartment and I, I don't know what to do. Then their, their practice can be to come back to their intention is to stand in, in an awareness that they're willing to be patient. They're willing to be strong, that they don't need to know how. That's our challenge is that in our human experience, we want to know how to make something happen. But and the how isn't important, right? I mean, the exactly, universe basically right. decides how, how exactly. as long as we put the right intention out there. Correct. So we have to aim and the universe supports the how. So it's really assisting people compassionately and gently to know there's ways to move through this and that we are standing in intention and calling forth qualities that will assist us to do that because we're in choice at all times, as you know, and we could stay stuck by the challenge and repeat the story, which is understandable, but not helpful. Right. (laughs) Exactly. that's, That's We have to have compassion to say, I understand how that feels that way, and I love you, and I'm going to assist you right through this. And what is the intention that you need most right now? It could be love. It could be forgiveness. And even in those moments, if they say a loved one's in the hospital, the intention could be, my intention is to surround my loved one with so much love that it's palpable that my physical body may not be in the room, but my energetic body is. And that's what I was doing when I was racing to the hospital, when my children were, you know, there years ago, is yes. that we are energetic beings and we're going to move through this if we keep our energy clean and available to believe even in the midst of the challenge, we get to rise up. And, you know, I think the real takeaway from what you're saying, Kim, which is so important, is that no matter who you are or how evolved you are or how, how, many, how much practice mm-hmm. you do, we're all going to have challenges. We're all going to have issues. And we have that choice. We have the choice mm-hmm. whether we're going to meet the challenge and make it a positive experience, learn from it, have a lesson, count it as a blessing, or we're going to go in the opposite direction. You talk about practice. So mm-hmm. uh, practicing 
the intention is part of the technology of intention is that we do need to practice in order to yes. to really be good at it. Yes, 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 yes. We get to practice every day of our lives, whether it's intention, gratitude, acknowledgement, meditation, our health and fitness. A practice is is something that, you know, athletes look at as natural. Professional athlete just knows they get up to practice. Uh, and, and when we look at our, our inner bodies as what is the practice of self-care I apply every day, that is vitally important because that's where we build the toolbox to assist us through the challenges. And the practice of just writing intentions daily, you know, I'll ask people before you go out the door, just write your intention. If you're going to forget, put a post-it on the door or in the car that says, what's your intention? So that when we set our intention before a meeting, before a phone call, before we walk in to, to visit a family member, we become present and available to be the most authentic selves in that moment, whether it's in, whether we're dealing with a challenge or a joy. But we become present because we've set our intention in the present, in a positive, and in the qualities that we wish. So all of a sudden, we just go, whew, my intention just to be willing to share myself in this meeting, to call forth a divine outcome for all concerned. And then we and walk in. That takes less than 10 seconds. And we are unapologetically authentic, real, and vulnerable, which really helps us live in the intention. So, yes. Kim, thank you so much. I'm going to give out mm. your website. Kim Stanwood Terranova, the book, The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. Her website is kimstanwoodterranova.com. She has all kinds of services. She does workshops. She will uh, be a wedding officiant if you are looking for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has a place in Costa Rica. She does retreats. And as you can tell, she's very on top of helping others be their very best self. Kim, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And I send you my intention for a beautiful, beautiful, healthy, happy life. Lovely. And and to you as well, Cynthia. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Thank you. And go get in your bikini. (laughs) (laughs) That was Kim Stanwood Terranova, the technology of intention, activating the power of the universe within you. Please go to kimstanwoodterranova.com. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. When we come back, we have author Linda Rosen and her novel, The Disharmony of Silence. Stay with me. We're going to have more fun. The star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. 
Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 376 Moraga, California 94556 org. Dare to care You are the star Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach Cynthia Bryan will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR and visit www.cynthiabryan.com When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan www.cynthiabryan.com Be the star you are Light up the flame that burns Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be The Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show well, we're back at Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and the program is brought to you by Be the Star You Are charity, btsya.com. We're doing Wednesdays with writers. We're trying to, as part of our disaster relief outreach program, showcase new books launched by authors from around the country in different genres to give them an opportunity to get some publicity for their new books. So on this segment, we have a debut novel by Linda Rosen. It's called The Disharmony of Silence. And Linda is with us now. She is a a former fitness instructor, and now she is a writer. And I loved her book. Welcome, Linda, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi, Cynthia. I'm so happy to be here, actually, and I'm honored. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Yes, well, I am happy to have you. And, you know, I didn't really know what the book was going to be about, but it really resonated with me right away because uh, right away it's, a you know, I'm just telling a little bit of the story is how the 
one of the protagonists in the story is having to go through her things because her mother has died. And my mom died a few years ago. And going through all of those treasures is really, really tough. But in your book, there's some little twists and turns, which I found so fascinating. So could you tell me, first of all, what made you decide to write this story? Were you talking with a friend and something clicked? Give us a little backstory. Okay, I love telling the story of how the inspiration came. I was actually sitting on the beach in Hilton Head Island with a girlfriend and my sister-in-law, who's also a girlfriend. And my sister-in-law was getting her own mother's home ready for sale. And there was a painting hanging. And she didn't want it. Her brother and sister didn't want the painting. She thought she would return it to the artist if she could find her. And my girlfriend and I looked at each other and we thought, oh, my God, what a premise for a novel. And it really took us off from there. And I do have a painting in my novel. It has absolutely nothing to do with my sister-in-law's story. But that's where this this 84-year-old secret that's been held for so, you know, for these 84 years, that's where it stems from. When my protagonist, Carolyn, sees this painting and doesn't know what to do with it, and the painting has meant a great deal to her, but she has nowhere to put it. So she also... Well, actually, before she decides, she notices that there's a cameo brooch in the painting. It's a painting of a woman. And she recognizes that that cameo brooch is exactly the same as the one in her mother's jewelry box. And she never noticed it before, but she hasn't even thought about the cameo for years. Carolyn's in her 60s, and she hasn't seen that cameo since she wore it for her own Sweet 16 party. And so she it sets her off to find out why that cameo is the same. And then she discovers this 84-year-old family secret. And, you know, your characters are so alive. I mean, I loved Kate. They're, they're just, they're very vibrant. And it seemed like you might have patterned Carolyn a little bit after yourself because you are a professional um, fitness instructor, right? Yeah, and I am. and so yes, yes, and so Carolyn, this is something that she does, and she's helping this young man with his diabetes and trying to you know to get him a bit in shape. Did you have you dealt with those kinds of issues in your practice? Uh, yes, I have. Um, the only thing about Carolyn, like me, is that she is a fitness professional, and I didn't even plan on that. It's sort of just. She told me that just happened. I was writing the book. It just happened because Carolyn was married for a minute right out of college. Right. And she's been single all her life. I am married almost 48 years. Carolyn has no brothers or sisters, no siblings, no family. I have a family. So we are mm-hmm. not alike in that at all. But she just insisted on being a fitness trainer. Okay, that's so fascinating, because you just said she insisted. So this is your debut novel, but you've written a lot of other things. You've contributed to other publications and written stories for literary magazines, etc. So how do your characters evolve, Linda? Do they just, uh, do they come to you? Do you start with an outline? Give us your process. 
Okay. As soon as I hear the word outline, my blood pressure goes up. It makes me think of me too. I'm a writer, and I cannot, <laughs> I cannot do an outline for the life of me. <laughs> no, I just have I, to I, sit I, down I and write. It makes me all nervous. It really yeah, does. Me too. I agree. So I, <laughs> I love it. I just came up with the premise, and to be honest, I had a lot of rewrites on this. Um, I came up with the premise, and then I had this whole secret thing in there. And I always wanted to honor older women um, because in my life as a fitness trainer, I used to be the youngest one and I had a lot of older clients and I was in awe of them and their fitness level. As and I Carolyn, always wanted Car- to honor them. Carolyn is in awe and, of her uh, older clients who are very fit yes. and very dedicated to keeping healthy. And, and that's, that's what I wanted to do. So I came to Kate, um, putting her at 85 years old. And the story kind of evolved that way. It had to be the secret and where it was going to lead us. And I had to have a purpose for this. So I, Carolyn doesn't have family. And once her mother dies, uh, she's not going to have anybody. And she's desperate for family. So when she starts doing her genealogy, all because of this cameo brooch, that set the story off. And then at one time, a developmental editor said to me that I needed something to connect Carolyn and Kate. Why is Carolyn going to insist on going from New York to L.A. for this woman? Uh, She'll give her the painting and that should be the end of it. And that's how Ben came into the story. It needed a connection between the two of them. And Ben is Kate's grandson, and he has diabetes. And Cara, Kate wants Carolyn to help him. So it all came into that. And then instead of writing flashbacks, I developed that other story that takes place in the 1920s to give you the whole back story of how the secret started. It just comes to me, I guess. (laughs) I'm afraid I lost you. I found it so fascinating that um, I found it fascinating that you would start, like you would say, 84 years later or 84 years earlier. You know, I I really Mm -hmm. love that aspect of the book because um, it gave me a context of where the people were then, what they were doing, who they were, what their personalities were, and and gave me kind of that feeling of what family was like. Now, did you interview or, you know, do any research on people who have done genealogy uh, 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 searches and found family members? Yes. In fact, the sister-in-law who, whose story With her- inspired this, Yes, that's I was with the one in genealogy. Ah, excuse me. Okay. Yeah, she's deep into genealogy, and she was my Google. She and my brother were my Google on genealogy. Um, Because there's a there's a no. I mean, you talk about the brother-in-law who found a um, 
a stepbrother, but once they met, they really never connected, you know, again. So uh, was there many people or that you had inter, you know, interacted with that had any experiences like that? Yes, and it's just stories that you overhear. That story of uh, the guy who meets the half-brother on the golf course actually came to me while I was playing tennis one day, and a woman was telling me about something that happened to her husband. So it's little so, stories like that. that yeah, the, they that's are exciting. Real people. Now, what about the title, yeah. The Disharmony of Silence? Okay, I will tell you, the original title was The Lady in the Dining Room, because that's what the That's where the picture of. was. Right. Yes. But an editor said that this needed a better title, and he started asking me questions about the secret and the fallout of the secret, and I went to my thesaurus. And I came up with disharmony, and it just sort of came together. It came from there. With his help. Right, right. Very interesting. Well, you know what? It's a beautiful read, and I was able to just sit and read it. I wanted to keep turning those pages and find out what happened next. And um, I was actually hoping for a different ending, <laughs> but I'm sure it's, it's the way it's supposed to be, you know, supposed to be not all endings are going to end the way I want them to, but let's let our readers go and pick up a copy of the book. It is the novel, the disharmony of silence. It's by Linda Rosen. Her website is Linda hyphen Rosen.com. R-O-S-E-N.com. So Linda-Rosen.com. And you have another book coming out next year that's going to revolve around wine in the Hudson River Valley. So we'll be hunting for that one as well at Linda-Rosen.com. Well, we're out of time, Linda, but thank you so much for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and um, really a terrific novel. So it's really just a very fun, a fun read, and it really made me think. And I, I, I thought Kate reminded me so much of my mom, her spunk, where she, whenever you say, oh, let's get together, oh, no, I'm too busy, I don't have time. <laughs> It's like, how does that happen when you're so in your much. 80s and you have no time? <laughs> no time. I want to yes, be. I be that way. I want to be Kate, right? I want to be Kate. Yes, okay. Absolutely. The disharmony dis so of silence. Thanks. Thank you, Linda. Linda-Rosen.com. And thank you all for being here with me every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m., Pacific right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We want to bring you the experts from around the world, help you change your life, read some good books, make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions, you can go to my website, CynthiaBryan.com. That's Brian with an I. To make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity that is bringing you Wednesdays with Writers, please go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. We want to continue doing this for you and for the authors that we want to help. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you are ready to star you dreamed of becoming. 
cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And if you're looking for a couple of good books this week, check out The Disharmony of Silence and The Technology of Intention, and make your intention to be healthy and happy and positive. Until we celebrate next week, Wednesday, from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a marvelous week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And be here next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.